What's up, y'all? Welcome to King Truth Podcast. I'm your host, King Truth. And some people need to sweep around their own front door before they try to sweep around someone else's door. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? So before I get into our main topic today, I want to speak on um, the incident that happened yesterday in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, Nipsey Hussle was gunned down in front of his store. Uh, Some of y'all, if you don't know who Nipsey Hussle is, here's a little background of what I know. I I followed him a little bit, uh, followed his story. Uh, It really intrigued me a lot. So Nipsey Hussle was widely respected in the hip hop world, not just for his musical contributions, but for the hustle ethic personified in his chosen stage name. He overcame the obstacles of an unforgiving environment made famous by generations of West Coast rap legends to become one of the most beloved and inspirational figures within this culture. Now, he was raised in the gangland territory of South Central L.A., Nipsey Hussle came to age as a member of the Rolling Sixties, a notorious Crips neighborhood. Yet he rose to prominence by legitimizing his street hustle and using that entrepreneurial drive to create economic empowerment in his marginalized community. Forbes recently documented his rise as a real estate mogul, which included buying the strip mall on West Slauson Avenue, where his marathon store is located. That is also the location where he was gunned down. The purchase was a notable move to positively reinvest in his neighborhood and buy back the block where he'd hustle illegally as a youngster. Now, he released his first mixtape, Slauson Boy, Volume 1, in 2005. But he didn't get real recognition until he employed a marketing move that put the stagnating music industry on notice. After his first label deal with Epic Records went sour in 2010, he independently released his 2013 mixtape, Crenshaw. And that that mixtape was so powerful in the hip hop world. Jay-Z went out and bought 100 copies of it for $100 each. So he paid $100 each. That's $10,000 that Jay-Z paid for that album. He bought a hundred of them. And his 2018 album, Victory Lap, earned him a Grammy nomination for Best Rap Album. And that release, which featured artists like Puff Daddy, YG, Kendrick Lamar, Marsha Ambrosia, was his official major label debut and a full circle moment for him. Now, today, April 1st, if he was still alive, he was going to be meeting with Chief Michael Moore and they had scheduled to meet about curbing the gang violence that is happening in Los Angeles.
Now he was about black entrepreneurship, get money for real. That's what he was trying to teach people. In addition to marathon clothing, he had opened up a fish market, a barbershop, launched a co-working space and STEM center for inner city kids. He's also known for buying shoes for students. He repaved basketball courts, renovated playgrounds, provided jobs for the homeless and found funerals and funded funerals for local low income families. Now, another young man that was doing something positive in our community has been taken from this world. And we must end this senseless violence that plagues our community. May his family be lifted and know that their loved one made a huge impact on his community and the lives of many people. Rest in power, King. You'll be missed. That's who I made my wife. Said I'd die alone. I told that bitch probably right. One thing that's for sure, not a stranger to this life. Got a safe that's full of fragments and a shoulder full of stripes. I don't know a nigga like myself. I say self-made, meaning I design myself. County jail fade, you can pull my foul yourself. Spy rage, swallow rocks, I'm getting myself. Nah, damn right, I like the life I built. I'm from West Side 60, shit, I might got killed. Standing so tall, they think I might got stills. Legendary baller like Mike, like Will. 96 Impala, thug life on wheels. Up against the wall, squabble at Fox Hills. Like a motherfucking boss, ask me how I feel. Successful street, touching them first meals. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I be grinding all my life. Uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I've been grinding all my life Look, I got everything I said I was gonna get On my kid, in addition to that fact I went legit I'm the shit now according to the way that I'm positioned In this biz, it look like I'm just gonna keep on getting rich Ah, know that West Side RSCs is us LAPD on my dick, I'ma squeeze and bust If a rap this Swiss cheese is bust All this rap money, look, I need too much Money, loyalty, and love in the dream we trust. You'll be switching up the players on your team too much. Tiny copy, that's my love, young Supreme, what's up? And we travel around the world getting cream or what? Ain't you get off on whoever hustles seem to brush? Las Vegas strip pop, yeah, you creamed them punks. After all that looking tough, all he seen was stumps. 50 Cent and Mayweather flee the scene with us. Chose story. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, 
pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look. So the anger behind the charges against Jesse Smollett from the guy in the White House, Rahm Emanuel, and the Chicago Police Department is ridiculous. Why are they so mad the charges against this actor had been dropped? According to legal experts, thousands of people facing criminal charges see their cases dismissed every year. And it's nothing new when it comes to the legal system. But the city's mayor, police and police union, all aware that thousands of charges have been dismissed every year, view Smollett's deal as highly unusual and highly unwarranted. They described it as a singular stain on a city with a range of challenges in policing and criminal justice. Now, there was an analysis done by NBC News of Cook County looking at data between 2014 and 2018. And it shows that between 55% and 69% of all resolved cases were ultimately dismissed by prosecutors. During that time, Cook County's resolved case list shows that more than 135,000 people faced charges for crimes. Of these, 55,000 individuals faced more than one charge like Smollett's 16 counts of disorderly conduct. However, Smollett entered an even smaller group when he had all his charges dismissed. Between 2014 and 2018, just over 4,000 people had all charges against them deferred and ultimately dismissed. Now that's a rate of a little over two cases per day. And about 30% of these individuals were black. The programs require participants to undergo some form of short-term or long-term psychological evaluations or treatment, drug testing, court-approved community service, or other check-ins. All of this typically requires at least a few court appearances and public statements about what happened. Some programs that divert felony charges last several months. Only after completing these conditions is the defendant's case dismissed. Now, in Smollett's case, an agreement had already been established and the conditions satisfied. Smollett agreed to forfeit his $10,000 bond and had completed two days of community service at the Rainbow Push Coalition, which is a civil rights organization that Jesse Jackson founded some years back. So Smollett had done everything asked of him in order to get the charges dropped. And now they can be mad all they want, but now they have gone further than what is necessary. Now, the police chief called the decision to drop charges on Smollett as a stain on the city. But I think the biggest stain on the city is Chicago's police department. Matter of fact, there are some facts and statistics that highlight just how bad things are at the Chicago Police Department. For instance, according to a study done by the Better Government Association that was released in July 2015, Chicago police fatally shot 70 people 
between 2010 and 2014. Now, this is more than any other police department in a major city. Now, when they adjusted for population size, Chicago ranks fourth behind Phoenix, Philadelphia, and Dallas. When it comes to these statistics, they rank fourth. Phoenix police shot and killed 57 people during the years that they did this study. Philadelphia police killed 54 people and Dallas police killed 34. This report also found that Chicago police shot a total of 240 people over that five year period. Now, the Better Government Association study also found that 46 of the 70 people fatally shot by Chicago police, percentage wise, 66 percent were black. However, according to the 2010 U.S. Census, just one third of Chicago's population is black. Now, data compiled by the Citizens Police Data Project shows that fewer than two percent of 28,567 complaints filed against the department from March 11 to September 2015 resulted in discipline. Most officers who faced discipline were suspended for like a week or less. Van Dyke, the officer that killed Laquan McDonald, he was listed on the CPD website as having 20 complaints filed against him at that time. And none of those complaints resulted in a discipline. Now, the complaint data also shows that while black people accounted for 61 percent of the misconduct allegations filed against the Chicago police, they accounted for only 25 percent of the sustained complaints. Meanwhile, complaints filed by white people made up 21 percent of the total allegations, but accounted for 58 percent of the sustained complaints. Now, according to the WBEZ, the city's independent police review authority has reviewed more than 400 officer involved shootings since 2007. And as of July 2015, they had only found one shooting unjustified. Now, a little bit about the the IPRA. They are known for taking a very long time, in some cases over five years, to investigate shootings that happened in the city that involve police officers. And the Chicago Tribune reported in 2012, these extreme delays can lead to charges being dismissed due to the statute of limitations running out. Now, Lorenzo Davis, a former IPRA supervisor who investigated several police cases, Police shooting cases was fired by the city in July 2015. And Davis said he was asked to change his findings in three shooting cases where he found officers at fault. Now, the IPRA has denied these has denied these claims. And according to the Chicago Tribune, Van Dyke is the first Chicago officer in 35 years to be charged with the first-degree murder for an on-duty incident. The last murder charges came in 1980, when three cops were indicted for beating a mentally ill man to death after he was arrested for smoking on a Chicago train. Two of those officers were found guilty 
of manslaughter, while charges against the third were dropped. And this by far is the most staggering stat. Chicago has paid a staggering sum of $662 million in police misconduct since 2007, including judgments, settlements, and outside legal fees, according to the city records. So the police chief has no standing in saying Smollett is a stain on the city when your own police department is corrupt and studies and dollars prove that. And now they're demanding that Smollett pay pay the city back $130,000 for their time? No. That's not going to happen. But is the police department going to pay back its $662 million that it cost the city? They are not. And Smollett's not going to pay the $130,000. Now, Rahm Emanuel has called the charges being dropped. He has called this a whitewashing of justice. This is coming from a man that committed a crime worse than Jesse Smollett, and he didn't even face jail time in his because they didn't bring charges against him. But he did have to pay out $5 million because of this case. Now, for days... Emmanuel has been sharply criticizing the decision by Kim Fox's office to allow Smollett to walk in his case after the Chicago police collected evidence that showed that he allegedly staged a racist and homophobic attack on himself. That's hypocrisy one-on-one. There was a huge difference in how he is reacting to this and how he reacted to Laquan McDonald. He was not outraged when the video was withheld until after his election. For much of 2015, Rahm Emanuel fought against the release of the dash cam video that showed Officer Jason Van Dyke shooting Laquan McDonald 16 times as this black teen walked away from him holding a small knife, a small folding knife. Now, when the county judge ordered Rahm Emanuel to release the video, the state's attorney, Anita Alvarez, charged Van Dyke with murder as the graphic footage was made public. That, coupled with Emanuel's administration paying McDonald's family a $5 million settlement before a lawsuit had even been filed, led to accusations of a city hall cover-up. There were street protests for weeks and the public was calling for his uh, um, resignation, which me personally, I feel he should have stepped down. Now, Van Dyke was indicted and convicted of second degree murder in connection with McDonald's death. And in January, he was sentenced to nearly seven years in prison. Now, I find it strange that the mayor who didn't hold a national press conference when Laquan McDonald's tape wasn't released. I find it strange that the police chief that didn't say a word when they let an election go by and couldn't find the tape. But all of a sudden you have selective outrage and you start attacking the district attorney, Kim Fox and Jesse Smollett. 
You didn't question Van Dyke. You didn't question the tape. You didn't question anything else. But now you question the DA. In 2015, the Department of Justice launched a civil rights investigation into the Chicago police that led to a scathing report detailing a climate of racist policing, excessive force, and shocking brutality. According to the DOJ report, one Chicago police officer told a sex worker during a prostitution arrest that he would tase her 10 effing times, while another officer at the scene threatened to kill her and her family. And he said, and I quote, I'll put you in a UPS box and send you back to wherever the F you came from. Now, the DOJ report also described a, ver- a pervasive cover up culture. And in keeping with that culture, Emmanuel chose to withheld de- the dash cam footage of Laquan McDonald's murder until he had secured his reelection. And that is a revelation that led to cause of his resignation as the city erupted in protests. Now, Donald Trump Jr. was among those expressing outrage. I don't know why I am talking about Donald Trump Jr., but he shared Rahm Emanuel's sentiment that this was a whitewash of justice. And then the guy in the White House has decided to chime in as well. He tweeted out that the FBI and the DOJ should review the outrageous Jesse Smollett case in Chicago. It is an embarrassment to our nation. An embarrassment to our nation? Really? Really, dude? Do we need to look at your embarrassments to our nation? And I believe your embarrassments are worse than what you think Jesse Smollett's case was. For instance, your Twitter account. How is it that a man who has gone to the best schools not be able to spell simple words? Remember when you misspelled United States and you're the president of the United States? It's literally in your title. Or how about how you lie? A lot. Lying for you is like your primary language and English is your secondary language. Now, I know politicians lie, but you take it to a whole new level. Or how about going to war with a dead man, John McCain? But didn't you skip war because you had so-called bone spurs? You're just mad because you can't hold a light to John McCain. Or how about you brown-nosing Putin and Kim Jong-un? Advice. Back out now before you get stuck in there. And you might want to dust off your knees because we can see it when we see you on TV. Or, this is my favorite, shutting down the government because your feelings was hurt by the Democrats. That was a good idea. And that's just to name a few. People said George W. Bush was an embarrassment to this country. But he was just entertaining. You are not entertaining. You are the embarrassment. 
Now, an analysis of all tweets sent in the United States from June 2015 to December 2017 found that there has been a 45% increase in tweets about embarrassment since January 2017. When you took office. And then there was a spike in people tweeting about feeling embarrassed. It is often because they are talking about Trump. That's what the study says. That was published on Wednesday in the journal Frontiers of uh, Communication. On days where there were a lot of embarrassment related tweets, 25 to 35 percent of them mentioned Trump's name. And it wasn't just embarrassment that was significantly, significantly associated with Trump's name. It was. Disgust, shame, anger were all positively correlated with the word Trump, while happiness was negatively correlated. In other words, if someone said on Twitter, I'm so happy today, odds are Trump is not associated. And during that time of the study, 60% of Americans did say in a mayor's poll that they were embarrassed by the president. Now, why is that? Well, here's an idea, a couple ideas that I have of why that is. First, Trump smashes so many norms. It's hard to write them off as simple mistakes as someone can make. Here's an example of that. Remember when George H.W. Bush threw up on the Japanese prime minister? That was hilarious. I was young then. I think, yeah, I was I was super young. But I did see the video when I got older and I laughed because I didn't believe it. But yes, George H.W. Bush threw up on the on the Japanese prime minister. And it was clear he didn't do it on purpose. But when Trump mocked the disability of a New York Times reporter, it seemed intentional. Now, Trump claimed he didn't know the reporter was disabled. But fact checkers later showed that Trump had met with that reporter many times. And second, and his his apparent lack of remorse fans the flames of his opponent's outrage. Now, second. Trump may have started out as a bombastic real estate developer from New York, but now he's the president of the United States, which means he represents us as Americans. And because we see him as representing our group, we can feel indirect embarrassment from watching him. Now, you know, there are too many people trying to take care of other people's business and they can't even take care of their own. What you need to do is take six months to mind your own business and then take six months to leave other folks business alone. All I'm saying, all I'm trying to say is before the Chicago police and the dude in the white house and Rahm Emanuel decide to sweep around Smollett's door, they might want to sweep around their own door first. Because who are we to judge what other people do? 
I would advise you to take a look at yourself and I guarantee you will find some faults too. How can you criticize someone else when you're doing wrong yourself? That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to support what I do, then share, subscribe, leave a review over on iTunes and Google Podcasts. That's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode of King Truth Podcast. So.